This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. Hi, I'm Alex from the Mustang Heritage Foundation. And I'm Michelle from the Mustang Heritage Foundation, and you're listening to the monthly Mustang Heritage Foundation episode of Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for June 1st. This episode is brought to you by Western Horsemen. Good morning, horse world. First Tuesday of the month is all about America's horse, the Mustang, hosted by the Mustang Heritage Foundation. So the last month, we've had uh, some pretty exciting things going on, haven't we, Michelle? We have. We um, just wrapped up our first open show of the year. That was really exciting. We had a ton of entries. You can check out the results for that show on our website at mustangheritagefoundation.org. And we have a lot of stuff coming up, Alex. We really, really do. The uh, Kentucky Virtual Makeover is coming up June 24th to 26th. So be sure to check out uh, our website to watch live videos of the classes um, and all of the excitement on our social media pages, uh, both Instagram and Facebook. You can keep up with class results and, and all sorts of fun stuff that way. Uh, and also, I'm really excited about the horses being up uh, that are going to be for auction. You want to talk about that a little bit, Michelle? Yes. So all of the horses competing in the Kentucky Extreme Mustang Makeover will be available um, via auction at the end of the event. This will be an online auction. You can go and check those all of the horses out right now on our website. Um, And you definitely need to. There's some really great looking horses there. Um, And then if you are interested in taking one of those horses home, you just need to fill out a bidder application um, and those need to be submitted um, by June 23rd. Yes. Yep. 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 And we're really excited. We've got horses all over the country and competitors from all over the country. So whether you're watching from uh, the Northeast or the Northwest or down here in Texas, uh, there's going to be a horse that's close to you. So be sure to check that out. Another really exciting thing that we have coming up is our virtual or our, excuse me, our in-person open show uh, for the Oklahoma City event Uh applications are actually open for that so if you're interested in participating in in-person mustang open show be sure to uh, get those applications in and there's actually five thousand dollars added prize money to that event uh, that'll be going on august uh 13th and 14th up there at oklahoma city state fair park so be sure to get those uh, applications in yes and just a quick note on that Um, Any BLM branded Mustang or Burrow can compete in this. So if you've had your Mustang or Burrow for five years or, you know, you just got them, as long as they are a BLM branded Mustang or Burrow, they can compete in this show. Uh, In an in addition uh, to participating in the open show, uh, we would encourage you to come up and and check out the Extreme Mustang Makeover in Oklahoma City. Going to be a great event. We've got a jam-packed full schedule with all sorts of fun stuff, Mustang-related, open show, obviously, Extreme Mustang Makeover competitions, and be sure to get your tickets for our Top 10 Freestyle event there uh, Saturday evening, August the 14th in the Norwick Arena. 
Yes, I am so excited about this, Alex, to be in person again, to be in Oklahoma City, to get to see this freestyle showdown with the top 10 competitors. And then after that is the um, top 10 auction where we will also sell all of those horses as well. So lots of opportunities um, coming up to bring home a Mustang. Most definitely. And uh, one final thing that's been going on here in this last month that I was really excited about Um our first virtual open show of the year uh, results are posted on our website. We had more than 60 competitors. Um, so if you're interested, hop online to our website, mustangheritagefoundation.org and check out the results. Great showing, lots of very talented trainers, horses and burros. So uh, we encourage you to watch our schedule. We should have some more of those coming a little bit later on in the year. We've got Stacey Zimmerman. Uh, she and her husband, Matt, are extremely prolific uh, trainers with Mustang Heritage Foundation programs. Uh, they are heavily involved in the tip program, tip challenges. They've got a tip storefront. And they're also very involved in our Extreme Mustang Makeover events. And today we're so excited to uh, talk with you, Stacey, about uh, getting Popeye ready for the Kentucky Extreme Mustang Makeover. So thanks for joining us. Oh, thanks for having us. You sure built us up pretty good there in your uh, intro there. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> we, we're very glad to have you and very grateful for all the work that you do with us and, and really excited to learn about Popeye and uh, what your journey has been like and getting him ready for the show. And, you know, we're down into crunch time. So uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about Popeye and, and how your training experience has been with him? Well, Popeye is a five-year-old Mustang from the herd management area called Sailor Creek over here in Idaho. Um, it was fun to have an Idaho horse because, of course, when you live in Idaho, it's neat to have an animal that is from the same area that you are. Um, when we first got him, we were we were about five weeks behind with the way that they did pickups this year. So, um, unfortunately, we, we didn't have any available in our area, kind of wanted to hold out. We didn't have the time to go looking for one. So we did start off a little bit later than everybody else. So our journey is just a little behind uh, the rest of them. But we got a very, very cool, willing, and very um, attractive Mustang out of the deal. You've got a, a local Idaho horse for a local Idaho competitor. So how do you go about getting uh, a Mustang ready for an event like an EMM? Um, well, so this is a little bit different. Normally, um, you have to get them exposed to all the sounds, um, lots of traveling, different uh, people, different arenas, that kind of thing, because you're going to be showing them somewhere new. Uh, this event being virtual is a little bit different. Um, we're still exposing him to as much as we can, but because we'll be showing him right at home, it's kind of changing our dynamics a little bit. Um, making the fact that we were just a little bit behind, not quite as daunting because we didn't have to travel as much, but we have taken him. Um, we went up to Washington last weekend for a clinic that we were um, hosting and took him with us. So he actually got to go and travel and, you know, go for a long, long trailer ride and go to a new arena and see new people. And he got to kind of be a, a nice little ambassador for, you know, Mustangs in general and Mustang heritage. What are you most excited for with the EMM? Obviously it's virtual and we, we wish that we were in person, but you know, COVID has thrown some monkey wrenches at us. So what are you most excited for, for this virtual makeover, Stacey? 
Um, well, it's new for me, so I have done no virtual events at all. I have judged a couple of them, but not actually participated in showing in one. So that's going to be fun. Uh, I would imagine that being to where you can have your horse show in an environment that they're used to, in theory, should make everybody's uh, nerves a little bit less than when you go to an event and you have a new arena, new people, new noises. So I am looking, you know, forward to having just a little bit more of the horse that you ride at home be the horse that I'm showing. Very cool. Yeah, that uh, not having to to travel, I'm sure, is a, is a bit of an added benefit. A little different, but a bit of an added benefit if uh, you're trying to, to compete. I mean, obviously, going from Idaho to, to Lexington would have been a real long haul for you guys. So do you think it's an advantage that you're able to, to do this virtually? Um, honestly, I'm going to say no. I'll tell you why. Um, in theory, you know, when you go and you get these horses, you know that you're going to be competing somewhere else. And a, a good majority of the things that we enjoy with taking our horses other places is meeting new people, taking our horses to places that they haven't been. It's a little bit more of a challenge that way because um, you have to prep them differently. But then, too, you get to see Mustang family. Mustang family are the other trainers you've competed with. Sometimes you have um, some different... Uh, people that will come and watch the events. You, you've got your Mustang supporters, and they will come to as many events as they can a year. They kind of plan their vacations. So you kind of miss out on all of that by by not being able to go. Um, the traveling part of it for Matt and I, we have traveled all over the country for Mustangs. We've gone to Colorado. We've gone to Arizona, California, uh, Texas, Oklahoma. We're looking forward to that one. Um, you know, it, it's just kind of part of the the whole the whole journey with the horse, I guess, you know, prepping them for that travel and getting them there. And I think these horses tend to bond with you even more when you do haul them a bunch um, because, you know, they go from the herd dynamic of being either the leader or, or not. And then they come into the relationship with their trainer and they have to kind of figure out where their place is um, initially when you first get them home. But then when you start traveling with them, they really look to you as the herd leader and they trust you and you actually build more of a bond with them when you travel. Um, we're in the last little bit of crunch time here before the event. So is there anything pressing that you're working on? Any cool tricks up your sleeves that you want to fill anyone in on or are you saving it all for, for the, a big surprise? Oh, goodness. Well, what I can tell you about Popeye, like I said, he's really behind right now. So... His big trick is going to be making it through his classes as a respectable citizen. What we have seen with him is he has probably, this would have been a perfect Oklahoma horse because he is solid mentally, physically, noises don't bother him. People don't bother him. He's one of those horses that um, I think will be able to handle the pressure now of us playing catch up. Um, tricks and things like that, you know, uh, it'll be interesting to see what he gives us in the next few weeks to see what all we can do. Um, nothing exciting and um, earth shattering yet. However, we will see as we get closer. Um, going back through, like looking at all of our horses in the past and, you know, which ones are, I don't want to say your favorite because they're all individuals. Um, I would like to say that Popeye would have been really cool to have on a lot of different events because of how he kind of takes everything in stride and how accepting he is to, you know, just everything being thrown at him lately. So it wouldn't surprise me if we don't come up with something fun for the event. 
um, practicing right now. We're just practicing the maneuvers we're going to be doing and the different elements um, that he's going to be asked of. So cross your fingers. Hopefully we can come up with something fun and entertaining. Kind of touched on the fact that, you know, you, you're a little bit, you feel like you're a little bit behind with Popeye. Would you say, is has that been your biggest challenge or is there another challenge that you've had to overcome with him? Um, not with him at all. He's actually been an active participant. You know, the big thing was, um, you know, picking up five weeks later than, you know, the original pickup date was, um, was, was the first thing that, you know, kind of threw us back. And then we have been prepping for our chip challenge that we host in July. And so that takes up a lot more time, I think, than the average person realizes. And so I tend to get a little bit behind that way. Um, as far as Popeye goes, I mean, everything, everything we have thrown at him and, and literally we have just really been concentrating on him for about the last week and a half, two weeks now to where, you know, he's been like on the forefront. Um, he, he is just a trooper. I mean, I can't even tell you how impressed I am with him, you know, both mentally, physically, um, you know, he's just saying, give me everything you got and I'm going to try as hard as I can every day. And there aren't a lot of them that'll do that for you. So, you know, with him, it's, it's my fault, not his by, you know, I, I will take all the blame in my scheduling <laughs> <laughs> because I'm always one, you know, when people blame the horse, I'm like, oh, no, it's not the horse. It's generally us as humans. We haven't done our part and I have not done my part, but um, I am doing my part. Matt's helping me with my part. And this little horse is going to be pretty dang cool. He really is. Well. Well, I know. Um, so for our listeners, you can actually see all of the horses online. So you can go to our website and you can see all the horses. And Popeye is the cutest, flashy little horse. I, I just absolutely love him. So I'm really uh-huh. curious, Stacey, to hear kind of what his what his personality is like. Oh, gosh. Okay. So here's the funny thing about Mustangs. We always say this, you know, you don't you always go into this knowing that your job as a trainer is to help this horse find a home. That's our job. And so the training that we put into them is going to help their future person. So mentally you want to go into it and think, I'm not going to fall in love with this horse because it needs to find its own home and I don't need another one. Well, I'm in a way I'm like, I feel bad that I haven't spent, you know, the time that I could have with Popeye because he is so cool and his personality is starting to come out and he's, got one of those little quirky, but very honest personalities. Um, You know exactly what he's thinking. You can see him processing everything that you're doing, Um, starting to really come out of his shell. And generally, that's about the last two weeks of any event. And about the time you're getting ready to load the horse in the trailer to head to where you're going to, that's when you look at the horse and you go, God, I I actually like this horse. I I think I'm falling in love with him. And I have bought back a couple of mine that way. So... (laughs) In a way, it's probably good for me that my time with Popeye was a little limited because I might end up having to bid on another one. But his personality, Michelle, is one of, you know, you have your horses where you're like, okay, this one's going to need this type of owner or that one's going to need a little bit more of an owner that's got a lot more experience. Popeye's one of those horses that I look at him and, you know, I watch him do things and I think this horse will be successful wherever he goes. And that's that's kind of hard to find, you know, because they're not all like that. They're not all willing. And he's just like that happy-go-lucky guy that, you know, if he could walk in the bar at Cheers, everybody would be like, Papa, you know, and raise their hands. 
you know, that would be him. You know, everybody kind of likes him. The other horses like him. You know, he's not one of those guys that gets in a fight with anybody. He's just kind of cool. That is really neat. Well, he is definitely, like I said, listeners, you need to, to go check out all the horses, but check out Popeye's long forelock. He's very handsome. <laughs> I'm going to go um, out there and tell him you said so. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also kind of curious, how have you adjusted your kind of training strategy? So you said, you know, you, you know, you pay, you had to pick up later than you, than you would have wanted. You've been kind of behind. Have you had to ex, like, what does a typical training session look like? Have you had to extend those or add more to a day or what does that look like? Well, generally what we do is we'll do one session a day when they're early on. Um, and then towards the end of, you know, about the last 30 days, we found that if we work our horses twice a day, when we get to an event and we have to pull them out for two classes in a day, they aren't quite as resentful because they've gotten used to that routine. Um, for Popeye, because, you know, we've just kind of really gotten him going and getting consistent right now. He's still just doing um, the one ride a day, and then we're doing in-hand stuff for the other part of the day. So he'll do a session in the morning and a session in the afternoon. Um, you know, like I said, we, we hauled him last weekend. So he spent a lot of time um, just soaking everything up and just kind of taking everything in. But um, mainly just just kind of walking them through the steps. You know, we're still doing your normal handling and conditioning things where, you know, we're loading them in the trailer, picking up feet, tying them, doing all those things that any adopter is going to need to do on a daily basis to be successful with them and for him to be successful. But then we're also getting our ride time in. And, you know, Matt's been on him um, and just desensitizing him to a rope and all sorts of stuff that way to where, you know, if we can drag something and do some things that way in our freestyle, um, we can just kind of get him used to all that. Um, And, you know, just really more or less walking him through the steps of what he's going to do, but at the same time desensitizing him, making sure that he's going to be safe for whoever gets him. What would you tell folks uh, that might be interested in adopting Popeye or adopting from an EMM in general? Um, generally, what I tell folks, and I'm, I'm kind of pretty consistent with this, you know, the big thing to remember with any of these horses is, you know, they've had 100 days of training. And in the grand scheme of their life, that's just a very small amount. So I always recommend, you know, people, whether they buy, you know, one of our horses, they adopt one from us, they adopt one from another trainer, really keep in mind that that horse has been with that trainer for those hundred days. So it's going to take them a little bit to adjust. Um, I always recommend that they have help, you know, whether it's another trainer, um, work with the trainer that had the horse, even just, you know, a little bit to kind of just get a feel for what that horse knows and doesn't know and how to get through some different things. If, you know, they're quirky horses, cause there's a lot of them out there like that. Um, big thing I always tell everybody too, is when they're looking Um, prospective adopters, you know, ask the trainers what their horses would be good at before giving them the information of what you're looking for. A lot of times the trainer will answer all of your questions just by talking about their horses and you can kind of get a feel for whether or not it'd be a right fit. And if it looks like it's a right fit, then, you know, always ask as many questions as the trainer has time for. And, you know, clearly with a virtual show, we're a little bit limited to speaking with adopters, but um, we've always made ourselves available to potential adopters, you know, prior to the event, at the event, 
I take phone calls generally before we go to an event of people that are interested rather than just trying to give them info over the phone. I'll just have them call me or I mean over the internet. I'll just have them give me a call, you know, and chat with them and get a feel for what they're looking for. And if I don't have the right horse, I generally will send them to maybe another trainer that I know has a really good trail horse that they've been trail riding or whatever the case is just to kind of help the right horse get with the right person. Very cool. Very cool. Well, it sounds like you have uh, a lot of great things in the works and uh, probably need to get back out there and get back to work with Popeye. So we'll let you get back to it. Thank you so much for spending um, some time with us today. Uh, and we wish you the best of luck in the upcoming competition. Well, thank you so much. It was a pleasure to talk to everybody and uh, enjoy your day as well. Thank you very much for chatting with us. And we're really excited today to have Lizzie Iverson from Western Horseman joining us. Lizzie, thank you so much. Um, Western Horseman has been a longtime sponsor and supporter of the Extreme Mustang Makeover. So thank you for joining us. Well, thank you for having me. Uh, tell us why Western Horseman um, continues to be involved with the Extreme Mustang Makeover. Well, Western Horseman started being involved and being a major sponsor of the Mustang uh, Makeover and, and Heritage Foundation long before I came on board. And it aligns so perfectly with our mission, which is always centered around the well-being of a horse. That was why Western Horseman was started as a magazine. Um, you know, a voice for the horse is what we called it back in 1936. And that still rings true today. It's always focused on bettering horses, bettering people to have a better relationship with their horses. And so that really aligns with everything that people who love Mustangs feel in their hearts too. It's all about making sure those horses are taken care of and given the best opportunities. So Western Horsemen's been helping educate folks since the very first issue. And I think that just loving horses brings us all together. We all know that. Um, that's what we like about each other. And so being a part of, of the folks that love Mustangs is just a perfect fit for us and helping to educate. We love educating. And I, I just think that uh, there couldn't be a better fit, you know, for folks that are interested in horses and it doesn't matter what breed of horses. We could not agree more, and we are so thankful to have the the long-term partnership that we have had with Western Horsemen. Um, so tell us what Western Horsemen is up to. What are you guys up to now? You know, a lot of different things. Uh, times, they are a change in. And since uh, 1936, you know, we started as a print magazine. That's the cornerstone of our business and always will be, is that print ma uh, magazine that folks receive in the mail every month or pick up on the newsstand. But because times are changing, we've excitedly branched out. And so digital opportunities uh, we've taken advantage of. So our Facebook page, our website, Instagram, those are really good assets to have along with the magazine and uh, just give us another way to reach audiences. So we do spend a lot of time now not only gathering material for the magazine, but also for videos that you can watch on Facebook or on the website. Um, and, and that's something that I do a lot of, um, like today I'm here at Chris Cox's and, uh, for a Jack Brainerd clinic to celebrate his hundredth birthday. And so I'm going to do some video while I'm here. And while you may not see it in the magazine, it's something that it'll appear immediately on your phone or on, on your computer. 
Um, so that's given us really an opportunity to reach a bigger audience. And so while our print is still first and foremost, it's been fun to be able to reach other people immediately and in, in other ways. So we're still out on the road all the time. We've got our editorial staff and the rest of the folks, you know, we're traveling all over the place. We just went to Arizona to the Babbitt Ranch. And in August, that will be the the focus of the issue is the Babbitt Ranch. This will be the fourth year that we've done a, a focus on a big influential ranch. And this year's the Babbitt. So that was a big trip that we took recently. And we'll be headed up to Oklahoma to do our fall fashion photo shoot. Um, it's just something new every day, which is why we all love our jobs so much is because we get <laughs> to go and meet folks that are doing things with their horses. I mean, it's what I would want to be doing anyway. And so I get, it gets to be my job too. I'm really a lucky person. I think we all feel that way at Western Horsemen is just out and about. Um, I think every life is good at Western Horsemen. I'll tell you that. And, and road to the horse has been a big deal for us too, since we acquired that event. And um, that's given a lot, put a lot on our place as far as producing a big event like that. This year it was in Fort Worth and, um, it was a really fun event to put on, but that's another one of those things that really is just meshes so well with Western Horsemen because there is so much education. And that is another event that's rooted at the heart of the horse and the well-being of a horse and making sure that horses and horse owners have the best opportunity for success. So everything we do is kind of like that. And um, so it's just been, it's been a, a fun year for us, you know, getting back out and um, getting to shake hands with people more often than we did last year. If somebody is interested in subscribing or, you know, following you, where can they find you? So westernhorseman.com is the easiest way to get linked up with all that we have to offer. And on the, the website, you can subscribe and, um, you know, Facebook, we're Western Horseman on Facebook, we're Western Horseman on Instagram, easy to find us there. So, um, but starting out at the website, you can see some of the things that maybe have appeared in the magazine or um, other past articles and, uh, and videos like the things that I do when I'm out and about, some training videos and things like that. So, uh, yeah, westernhorseman.com and our Facebook, Instagram, those are all good ways to keep up with what we're doing. Awesome. Well, we were so glad that you were able to come on, Lizzie. It was great to t speak with you. Um, hopefully, we'll see you in the next couple months at some of the Extreme yeah. Mustang makeovers or some other industry events. Um, but thank you so much. Thank you to Western Horsemen for continuing to um, partner with Extreme Mustang Makeover and the Mustang Heritage Foundation. We uh, really appreciate y'all. Well, we appreciate the partnership as well. And we know how important sponsors are to an event because we do it ourselves and so um we really do value the partnerships the sponsorships and all the people that are involved so thank you for letting us be a part of it so next up we've got malia redmond malia is a youth competitor she's actually competing in the upcoming kentucky extreme mustang makeover as well and she actually competed in our very first um virtual extreme mustang makeover last year and she actually won that makeover so welcome to the show malia thank you so we're really excited to hear about um, your upcoming competition with the Extreme Mustang Makeover and hear about your horse. So you want to just go ahead and tell us a little bit about um, Tally Mark? 
Yes, uh, Tally Mark is my pick for this year's Extreme SA Makeover. She's a two-year-old mare from Antelope Valley, Nevada. I picked her up uh, the last week in February, and we've been working together ever since. We had a pretty rough first month. She had a lot of health issues we had to work through, but after we got over that, it's been really awesome to see her grow and learn some new things. That is awesome. So tell me a little bit about, so last year was your very first Extreme Mustang makeover. And tell me how you kind of prepared for that and how you're preparing for this one as well. Yeah, so I started a lot last year, especially with desensitizing right off the bat. Um, This year has been pretty similar, um, except with Tally's health issues, it was a little bit different, but a lot of just desensitizing, getting my horse used to as much craziness as I possibly can and getting them used to other people. And a lot of horses have stranger danger. So I really like to make a point of getting my horses used to other people rather than just me working with them all the time. So that's kind of where I start. That's really neat. That's a really good point, especially those younger horses. Yes, like you said, that's a that's a great phrase. The strain they have the stranger danger. So, how do you go about like the desensitizing? What does your what do you what does a training session like that look like? So, if I'm starting with something like a tarp, for example, I'll usually show it to my horse first, like without making any noise or sudden movements, just kind of show it to them and have them follow it. So, horses aren't necessarily afraid of things in front of them, like if they're following something versus if something's following them, it's a little scarier. So, I like to get them used to it before just full-on attacking them with it. So start really slow and get them used to it being in front of them, being above them, being next to them. And then I'll go into start making noise with things, letting it touch them, moving around a little faster. Um, I've noticed horses seem to like patterns. So if you move something in the same repetitive pattern, it's less scary than frantic all over the place. So I'll start with a pattern before moving into frantic motion and just wait for when my horse tells me they're ready to move on. Tell me about kind of tally mark and how she's kind of progressed through the desensitizing phase. Yeah, she is one of my calmest horses, I guess. She's very relaxed and takes everything in stride. She definitely um, isn't as reactive of a horse as I've had in the past. She's very thinks things through and thinks before she reacts. So if I show her something new, she'll usually kind of sniff it and think about it before exploding. And if she does freak out, it's usually only a little bit. And then it just takes her a minute to calm down and we're able to move on pretty quickly. So how does she compare? So last year, your horse last year was Rogue Intentions. Um, How does does Tally Mark compare to Rogue Intentions? Um, In what way, I guess? They're very different. (laughs) Yeah, so how, how would you say that they're different? Um, So I still have Rogue. I actually kept her. So I worked with a lot of uh, them together, actually. And I think Tally is a lot calmer and more waits for instructions, like tell her exactly what to do and she'll do exactly what you tell her. And Rogue likes to do her own thing and you kind of give her something and she'll put her own spin on it, I guess you could say. She likes to have fun. And Tally, she definitely likes to have fun too, but she's more of a go by the script, less improvising, whereas Rogue is 
I'm just going to do it and I'm going to do it the way I want to do it. But she just has a lot of fun with, with everything. So I think in that way, they're definitely different, but they're both so incredibly smart. Both of them are just two of the smartest horses I've ever worked with. That's really neat. It's really, it's really neat to hear that you've had kind of two different horses, um, but they, they both seem to be having really positive outcomes. Um, so tell me, what are you most excited about for the upcoming EMM? I think I'm most excited to see, I just like to see where my horses, I don't want to say necessarily where they end because they're not ending. It's really just the beginning. I mean, once I'm done with Tally, she's going to find her person and that's going to be where she really starts. So I think I don't really look at it as an end, but more of where is she going to go? So I'm most excited for that, like after the EMM, where is she going to go? So I guess that doesn't really answer the question, what am I most excited about for the EMM? But I think just all of it is so, is so exciting. Every, every different session is something new and it's really just cool to see where they end up. Yeah. Um, so what are your, so we're just about, you know, like 30 days out from the EMM. Um, what are your kind of plans with Tally Mark for the next, you know, 30 days? Yeah, right now we're kind of taking, slowing down a little. Um, I've noticed they kind of get a little overwhelmed towards the end. I think we as trainers do as well. We kind of panic towards the end. So she's going to get a little bit of time off here. I've got some stuff to work on, but we're really focusing on cleaning up our maneuvers, um, finishing off some more desensitizing and freestyle. We have not worked on our freestyle at all. So that's still pretty non-existent, but that's what we'll be focusing on these next few weeks. So on the freestyle, I know that's always a, a huge favorite for so many folks to watch the youth in their freestyles, myself included, because the creativity that you guys have is just outstanding. Do you have any, uh, any, any tips as to how you go about building a freestyle? Do you have any uh, thoughts as to what you might be doing for your freestyle? Or are you just going to save it all and, and have it for the competition? I do have some thoughts, but it's still subject to change. So I guess I shouldn't share anything. But as far as tip go, tips go, I say just do what your horse is good at. Like, for example, Tally is awful at tricks. She does not excel at those. And I know it's really fun to add some extra tricks into the freestyle. And a lot of trainers focus on that. They're like, oh, we need to teach tricks for the freestyle. That is not true at all. You don't need to have a million tricks in your freestyle just do what your horse is good at if your horse is good at maneuvers focus on the maneuvers focus on the strengths of your horse and just have fun don't stress about what your horse can't do because i think in the beginning that's kind of what i did is i really stressed about tally's tricks and her liberty because last year with rogue i did the coolest liberty freestyle at least i thought it was really cool and had so much fun with her and i really wanted to do the same thing with tally or something similar and that was not Tally's idea. So we really switched things around and are playing to her strengths and she's having so much more fun in our sessions now. Uh, that's a great piece of advice. I think, you know, you, you hit the nail right on the head there. You know, you, you play to those strengths and, you know, each horse has a different set of strengths and, and it's good for different applications. So uh, really just goes to show that 
that they can do pretty much anything, but, you know, finding that right fit is super important. So with the, the virtual event, obviously last year, obviously moved to, to virtual this year, virtual as well. And, um, so I guess are the, this is your only experience competing virtually. Would you ever be interested in, in competing in an in-person event or do you like the virtuals or what, what's your thought on that Malia? Well, I did the in-person Ohio tip challenge, the equine affair. Um, and I loved that. That was so cool to do an in-person one. Um, the, as far as virtual goes, I really enjoy it as well. I think the virtual may not be as, you know, you may not get to meet as many people or actually physically go to the competition, but it opens up so many opportunities for people that may not have had the opportunity to go to a competition. Like, for example, I don't own my own trailer or truck, so I rely on other people to help me get to these faraway competitions. So had the competition been in person, there's a very good chance I couldn't have competed. So I think if you look at it that way, the virtual opens up so many more opportunities. And like with your freestyle, I never would have done a Liberty freestyle had it been in person, not in a million years. I don't, I would not have trusted myself or my horse to stay connected. But with when you're at home, there's so much more possibility. I mean, it's endless what you can do when you can re-record. So I think that's really cool. And as far as in person, um, I think it's less stressful in person. Everyone only gets one chance. There's not so much to worry about re-recording and not being able to see anybody else. So in person, it's super inviting and a great environment. But I think both are great um, opportunities for people to get out there and show some Mustangs. Very cool. Very cool. So uh, you mentioned a little earlier on that you're uh, working to get Tally into her forever home. What would you tell someone who's interested in, in potentially adopting Tally or or one of the other horses from the makeover? Yeah, I think um, I guess I can't speak much for the other horses, but uh, I think these horses they have such a strong foundation. I guess yeah. If I wish to say overall, I mean these horses have a hundred days of training on them by kids, um, so they're very used to I guess crazy. Um, as far as I know, most youth trainers are pretty out there. We like to show our horses as many new experiences as we can. So they're pretty close to bomb proof um, if all the right steps are taken. But with Tally, I would definitely say she is the most down-to-earth horse I've ever met. If that's a phrase that can be used to describe horses, she's so calm and always just relaxed. She doesn't really have much freak out or spook to her she's very just intent on listening to what you have to say and she'll definitely be someone's best partner and best friend she's just such a cool horse i keep her if i had the room but i unfortunately don't that's really neat to hear malia um kind of on the flip side of that what would you tell a youth um that was interested in competing because Youth ages 8 through um, 17 can actually compete in extreme Mustang makeovers in the youth division. So what would you tell another youth that might be on the fence about competing? I said do it. There's there's nothing that can go wrong if you do it. I guess, I mean, there is, but you're going to regret it if you don't. I mean, this is, it's such a cool experience. And there's a whole community of people. If this is your first Mustang or your first EMM, there's 
just as there's at least 10 other people in the EMM that are in the exact same boat as you. I know right now the group chat I'm in, the majority of the girls, this is their first time competing in an EMM. I'm one of the only um, trainers that have done it before. So there's such a strong community behind you that if you need help, we're here for you. We'll help you just ask for help. Don't ever be afraid to ask for help because it's there. We're so happy to give it and we love watching everyone else work with their horses. So I'd say for sure, do it. Just do it. Don't, don't have any regrets. So Malia, I think that is excellent advice to just get out there and do it. One of the things that we consistently see um, with the Extreme Mustang Makeovers that exactly what you said, that there's a great community out there. There's always somebody that's it's their first time also, but there's also always people that are willing to help. So I'd love to hear that. I love to hear that that's your experience also. Um, I want to thank you, Malia, for coming on today. We really enjoyed it. We can't wait to see you and Tally Mark compete here in a couple weeks. Um, and thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. You can find the Mustang Heritage Foundation at mustangheritagefoundation.org. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Just look for Mustang Heritage Foundation and Extreme Mustang Makeover. You can follow Horses in the Morning on Facebook. Just search for Horses in the Morning. You can have all of the Horse Radio Network shows with you wherever you go with our free app for iPhone and Android. Go to your app store and search Horse Radio Network. And here's to hoping you get to bring home a Mustang. Mustang.